The MLS regular season is over for Toronto FC, which means we're getting dangerously close to silly season. And oh boy, we have some rumors and reports to discuss on this week's edition, massive edition of Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks Live. My name is Mitchell Tierney, and we will talk Lorenzo Insigne, we'll talk Bob Bradley, we'll talk Jefferson Soteldo, and plenty, plenty more. But despite all of that, all those recent headlines, I've still buried the lead on this week's show, which is the fact that we'll be joined by none other than Toronto FC legend Justin Morrow, chat memories, retirement, and and much, much more. Jeffrey Finasker, Michael Singh, I'm pretty hyped. How are you guys? <laughs> so hyped. So hyped. It's just uh, everyone's going to have to listen back or watch the replay for that little bit of extra extra I threw in our in our opener because if our uh, if our ticker is to be believed, uh, we're the only three people that saw it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Surprise Production for the for value, the repeat baby. viewing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, you summed it up there. Uh, man, just super hyped for for today. Um, super hyped that Toronto FC season is finally <laughs> over. We can we yeah. can get into some real yeah. business, some real conversations here. And I'm excited for for Justin to for graciously agreeing to join us. And you know, we're gonna have some some great conversations with him. Ask him some tough questions, of course, and. Uh, and hopefully get some good engagement, right? I don't like that smile <laughs> Jeff had on his face when he said. Well, I'm wondering. Question. I'm I've seen his questions, so I'm wondering if he's planning on stealing my tough questions, or if he's got something <laughs> something up his sleeve that we that we don't see on the rundown. So we'll we'll see. I'm yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's, I'm excited. It's always the the funnest part of the show is trying to figure out what Michael's going to do in any given interview, but <laughs> it, it always works out, and it's always uh, always, it's always always for the best. Always. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. like feeling out the room, guys. I don't yeah. like going in, you know, scripted. I like feeling the person, that's, feeling out the conversation, and and building off that. Um, that's sometimes why we all that work so you well guys have. Sometimes that just means you guys just have really good questions. So whenever I take your <laughs> questions, just take it as a compliment. Um, Jeff, just so I you do. know, we, we mm, you know, our ticker's nice. a little off today. So nice, we got some nice. people who heard the, the Justin Morrow chance. And yeah, that's some great editing there by you, Jeff. That's a great touch. And I think uh, we should probably replay that when, when J-Mo comes on, because I think he'll enjoy that. Take him back to Sunday, you know? <laughs> Maybe. I wish I you had told I me, because to... I, yeah. Well, anyway, I was gonna say ahead. I don't know if I want to see Justin or Justin Moore to see me doing a really bad spit take in the back row. But... <laughs> just the beginning, just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. yeah you guys are are horribly overestimating my uh, producing on the fly skills, but okay, let's do it. Let's go. Uh, yeah, the season's over, boys. Yeah, I was gonna Thank. say as, as hyped oh. as we are, let's uh, let's look at the final count, which is definitely a bit of a downer for the. The season as a whole, Toronto FC record of six wins, 10 draws, 18 losses, putting them 13th in the MLS Eastern Conference, 26th out of 27 teams in the Supporters' Shield standings. Points per game-wise, their second worst season worst season in club history after only the dismal 2012 season. Uh, they conceded a club record goals as well, 66 goals in total. Uh, not one for math, but that really doesn't sound like a successful season to me. No, no. I'm looking at, at Martin's spreadsheet and it hurt. It's a uh, mm. hurtful spreadsheet. I mean, I think, gosh, I have all of these notes. Uh, the 15th last game was the 15th time that TFC had conceded in the first 15 minutes, which is a league worst tally. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty scary times. Yeah. 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 And then, of course, uh, just those stats. I mean, games played, six wins, 18 losses, 10 draws. You know, goals for 39. 
goals against 66. <laughs> like that's, that ain't good. That ain't good. I don't know if there's a way to spin that, uh, uh, in, 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 into positives. So, so yeah. 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 Sorry, boys. Just bear with me for a second. I'm going to sort out some tactical difficulties we're having on our, yeah, you got, you got the Facebook. Facebook thing. Yeah. 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 I saw you. Saw I think that. the Facebook stream ended for anyone who, who is listening to this. So, um, let me just link the YouTube quickly on our Facebook, and I know that one's good to go. So, sorry, guys, just bear with me. Sweet action. No worries. Technology. <laughs> Editing yeah, yeah, yeah. on the fly, as always. <laughs> um, you know, as so, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I think uh, I think we'll we'll leave that as it is there, just because you know I think we'll definitely be dwelling on this season as a whole in the next couple of shows and and for a while here. But Toronto FC have earned themselves one more game this season. We don't know when where, what time. Uh, I'm assuming we'll know sooner rather than later now that we know we don't have to schedule against any uh, CF Montreal playoff games that could have potentially happened. So that's mm-hmm. that's out of the window. We don't have to worry about that now. Um, but, yeah, let's talk a bit about the the TFC Pacific game because, you know, I think that's the one worth, worth talking a bit about. Toronto FC, another Jacob Schaffelberg masterclass. It wasn't quite the the dominant performance for the entire 90 that uh, Michael Singh predicted, but pretty comfortable nonetheless, I think. Aside yeah, from the last yeah. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the last the 10 minutes 10 got minutes a bit. As well. the Pacific came out pretty pretty solid, and then and then there was that point of the game where I think you wrote in our, our Waking the Red chat, like, oh, oh, this might get ugly, because, I mean, Josie Altidore scores a beauty, Jacob Schaffelberg walks through their team, there was a couple chances in there, like, it really, really could have, like, that could have been the, you know, that could have turned into a the York game. 30 minutes in, man, and, you know, TFC are sitting pretty, and obviously it made some halftime substitutions, some subs towards the second half, and I think everyone can agree they sort of took their foot off the gas pedal, especially in that second half. And hey, credit to Pacific because you know, Alex was on our show last week and he told us all about Pacific's grit, their their grind. If they go down, they're not going to give up. And I think that's exactly what we saw. We saw a Pacific team that did not give in. They did not give up. So credit to them. But thankfully, you know, our Reds came out on top and, and got the win and most importantly secured that berth in their sixth straight Voyagers Cup final and a date with CF Montreal. Um, but I'm sure we can get into that more with Justin, who I believe is is here. He's here, boys. Yeah, Shall we? Awesome. Yeah. All right. There's the man. Justin. Wow, we get the, we get the press conference. Are we doing a press conference or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is so weird. I shouldn't. You guys today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do, do I have to raise my hand here if I have a question, or how does it, how does this work? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to unmute myself, so so I'm so, I've never done this before. This is going to be crazy. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. I know you're here a little bit early, even than we uh, anticipated, and just gracious that you uh, agreed to join us here today. Yeah, of course, of course. I always got time for you guys. There nice. we go, nice. and I. Uh, I was telling, uh, I was telling the boys that we're going to hit you with some uh, some hard pressing questions today. You know, get some some good answers out of you, Jay. I'm ready for it. I'm always ready for it. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Before we do that, let's give them the the proper intro. 
man who's played 253 games in all competitions for this club, 2017 MLS Cup champion, also a member of the MLS Best 11 um, that year. And that's impressive because that was back when you could just vote in 11 strikers, uh, which is what most people did. True. <laughs> be a 1-1-8 formation in the MLS Best I, I 11. was a striker that year, right? Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> that's also fair. Yeah. That's a hat trick year, baby. <laughs> and uh, as well as now the executive director of Black Players for Change. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it, Justin. You've got one game now left, um, after, you know, wrapping up your, your MLS career on, uh, on the weekend. I mean, against CF Montreal, we don't know when, where yet, but I mean, that's gotta be a pretty perfect last matchup for you. Oh, unbelievable. I mean, we were talking about it with some of the teammates, just like how perfectly it worked out that. I get the swan song last night, you know, the, the very nice um, appreciation that everyone showed me of the game on Sunday and, and it's not really over, you know, I get to play one more game and it happens to be a final. So I think for anyone that's retiring, that's, that's kind of the dream to go out on a game that is very meaningful. And for our, for our franchise, it's, it's obviously very meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Um, Justin, you announced your retirement i think it was sometime in august or september um but you told us that during the off season last off season is when you sort of came to that conclusion uh for those of us who haven't heard yet can you kind of give us the rundown exactly why because javier perez i don't know if he was he was joking i don't know if he was serious but he was saying he believes that you got a couple more uh <laughs> couple more ga- games and you. you got you got some juice in your legs still so just take us through that decision exactly you know why you you decide this was the right time to walk away from the game? Yeah, I was going through free agency and it was going to be a situation where I could move cities and probably get a longer term guaranteed contract, um, you know, start a new adventure with a different club or kind of take things year by year here. Um, but having gone through everything that we went through in, in 2020, um, I just felt like things off the field were starting to pick up so much and on top of that, this club means so much to me. I didn't really want to start over at another club. Um, we had been really good. Obviously, 2020, we were fighting for Supporter Shield. So I'm like, all right, whatever whatever capacity it's going to be in, I just want to be a guy that comes back for a year, um, gives everything I can for the team, um, perform in the, in the moments that they need me to perform whenever that is. Just you know, keep my mind focused on the time that I'm on the field and be a strong veteran presence, maybe a little bit different of a role than I had played here over the past seven seasons. And that was, that was really exciting to me. So I knew that the club was already starting to go through transition with, with Greg leaving so abruptly and Chris coming in. And I wanted to be a guy that, you know, could help the new coach and help the club transition a little bit. And obviously the year didn't go as planned. Um, But for me, and I said this before, like all of these experience, I take them with me and just use them as as lessons with me. So I've been able to find some times to to still savor it and enjoy all the different moments this year. Awesome. Awesome. So speaking of moments, Justin, uh, because you're such a good storyteller, let's do it. Let's let's paint the picture. What was Sunday like for you? Like like what was waking up on Sunday like and, and heading to to the to the, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you had a guard of honor going at, at 12:30 when you arrived at, uh, at game <laughs> yeah, that five. Was, that um, was nice. But before, before that, I took my daughter to her first soccer practice, her first ever. Oh, nice. Very nice. 
over at Central Tech. And that nice. was very that was very poetic, you know. I got to I got to help her with her jersey earlier in the week. We had we got some shin pads and I had her all set up and um waited for her and she and she loved it. She played goalie for a little bit, which I wasn't too thrilled about. <laughs> after she got after she got onto the field, Pops was well, was a happy soccer dad, and um, <laughs> it was it was just a really good way to start what was going to be like a big emotional day for me, um, and you know have that that family moment, and then yeah, everything after that was just overwhelming in the most positive yeah. way, you know, like showing showing up, having all the fans there going crazy, um, the videos from from people all over. MLS guys that I've played with and, and competed against for so long. Um, Michael said a really nice piece in pregame right before he went out to the field and he gave me the captain's armband. Um, nice. The TIFO on the field, like before we start, and then just the support throughout the game. You know, I'm hearing, hearing my name get called so much and, and obviously the moment walking off. Like those are, those are things you never forget. Yeah, we've yeah. listed some of the your incredible accomplishments, but I think one of the most impressive accomplishments in a Toronto FC shirt was not crying when Michael Bradley handed you that armband. So I think <laughs> all of us had tears in our eyes when we when we saw that no. video. That was uh, that was yeah, well done. You were dialed in there. But uh, I guess this is a, a normal question for retirees. But what are you going to miss most uh, about playing, and what are you going to miss the least? Um, I'm going to miss most just having teammates and being part of a team, you know, like my wife always told me when we move different places, like you, you already have friends, you know, built in because you go into a locker room, you have 28, 30 other guys there and naturally you'll be friends with some and, and not others, but you kind of have a cushion there and you see through that video that, that guys so graciously took the time and, said the nice words to me and whatnot like those are all guys that i'll continue to talk to after my career is over and and meet up with in different cities that we live and hang out with their families you know and and just continue that way beyond sports and that's that's the special thing um making making jokes with guys in the locker room um <laughs> you know when you're having a bad day and using that to brighten up your day like all those things <laughs> You'll never, you'll never yeah. be able to replace in the same exact way. And I'll try. Yeah. But, um, I think in order to accomplish anything in this world, you have to do it together and you have to do it in a team setting. So, uh, you know, whatever I do next, I'm going to take that with me, but um, I'll definitely miss that the most. And then it's hard to say what I'm going to miss the least, <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm the type of guy, and I think all of us that play for such a long time, like you enjoy all of it, like even mm -hmm. the crappy moments, man, the moments when um, you're out there grinding away and nobody's watching and, and you don't feel like a professional. Like those are, those are the moments that matter too and nobody's eyes are on you and it's only up to you what you're going to get out of the day. If you're going to make you know, yourself any better, if you're going to move the ball forward at all. Um, those are important moments too. So like, I just, I've always tried to cherish all of it. Hmm. Are you going to miss the, the early wake ups, the training sessions, the, the, the boiled chicken for every meal? Like now that you get to eat <laughs> yeah, pizza whenever you want. That's a good call. I'm an early riser, yeah. so I'm good with that. But like, 
feeding myself some some chicken breast. I'm done with that. I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you get broccoli as a treat, Justin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, Justin. You talked about the the next generation a, a little bit last time we spoke on Sunday, and how it, it was time for the next generation. And I know you, you mentioned your daughter there, but I'm pretty sure you weren't referring to her when you told us that so can you kind of elaborate though a little bit on that sentiment do you think it's time for a little bit of a turning the page here at toronto fc yeah i'll do i mean i'll make a little a little sad joke i was thinking about it the other day like with the season that we've had naturally there's sunday or whatever is going to be the last day that you see a lot of these players any number of these players and i was the only smart one to, to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but, but i mean that's that's sports right that's sports and i think about me personally in my position as left back here in toronto fc and you think the guys that that have been in and around it like a daniel lovitz um and raheem guys that have shown their quality in the league and I was able to keep my spot you know there's for Oso for Michael for Mark there there are so many of those same players that come up through the academy or whatnot and never got the chance because they had really good players in front of them that were doing a good job and for whatever players that's going to be next like it's it's their chance now um, and I think that's going to be a natural transition for the club I mean, just just to just to throw just to throw in something we mentioned on the on the post game show right after Sunday, all future left backs at this club will be measured against you, Justin. I mean, that's a that's par for the course at this point. You you made the position your own, um, and you you established what what a left back playing for this club needs to be in in the modern game. So that's quite the legacy, I'd, my friend. I'd even go as far as saying, Jeff, that I don't think just at Toronto FC. I would go as far yeah. as saying as, as league-wide, MLS-wide. I, I remember listening to Extra Time podcast not too long ago where you announced your retirement, and they were saying, Justin, there's a chance here where you, you can go down as potentially the best left back in MLS history with everything that you've accomplished. How do you sort of view your, your MLS career, and, and are there any regrets maybe, or are you just satisfied with that, the way everything has gone? No, it, it feels good. It feels good to be talked about like that what I remember most is just the ability to do that because I was on good teams, you know, and I think that's an important distinction. And for me, it was like, I always needed to be the best version of me. And I knew if that was the case, I was going to help out the team in a big way. Um, because a lot of our, a lot of the teams that I was successful on, we had great goal scorers, we had other great defenders. So for me, I could just use my natural abilities, you know, to get up the field, um, to get back and be tenacious on defense. And that was going to help the team. So, um, listen, I've, I've been really proud to be a part of this league just in general, as it's grown, you know, starting off in 2010, playing games in Buckshaw stadium to see, the wonderful stadiums around the league to see what we have here <laughs> in Toronto. Yep. You know, like <laughs> I carry that as like a badge of honor too. Like, okay, I'm I'm one of the guys that helped push this league along, and it's changing now. You know, with, mm -hmm. the, with the homegrown players and whatnot, guys that took my pathway. Maybe it's a little more difficult now. The guys coming out of college and whatnot, and there's there's goods and and bad part to that. But I'm really thankful that I got to be a part of it for such a long time. And I think the one last thing when I when I talk about 
when you guys are mentioning that stuff, I, I felt like I was a guy that had a really good floor. You know, I could I could give really, really high moments. And then um, on the days where you needed me to just be that guy that's there, um, that's solid, I was able to do that too. And I think that's so important for the professionals that last a long time and, and do well in any league, not just Major League Soccer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of, of of not crying at the game, just to circle back, if they had given you the Wondolowski microphone, I mean, he, he broke down. So I don't think he would have made it. I mean, you were quite stoic. There were moments where I, I thought you might break. I mean, there were moments where the, the whole team was like, you were almost playing striker for a bit there in the second half. <laughs> you really wanted that goal. Really yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justin, you were joking a little bit after the game that you, you saw that Wando was going to play until his legs fell off. So I'm assuming that that announcement, I guess, caught you by surprise a little bit, eh? It did. It did. I think it caught everyone by surprise. But man, what a what a career this guy has had. And I always tell the story like when I first got there in 2010, he wasn't he wasn't a starter. He wasn't on anybody's radar. And he hmm. was a guy that took the rookies underneath his arm, um, took us out a couple of times. He was one of the only ones. Um, him and Jason Hernandez actually that paid attention to to me, Stephen Bittersher, Ike Para, and would give us advice. And he was always the guy that was working hard after practice. So for him in my first year to see him go from basically completely unknown, unrecognized, um, that was the first year that he won the Golden Boot. And he was just nice. incredible. He was lightened up. That was such a good example for me as I started off in my young career to be like, all right, it might take a couple of years for me, you know, but you keep your head down, you be a good professional and you'll get your chance and look what you can do with it when you do. So that was a really good example. And, and quite honestly, I could talk about 40, 50 minutes more of the type of guy that he is, but I think everyone, everyone really knows and will be sad not to be watching him play anymore. Does he have any shirts that fit or are they all double extra large? <laughs> 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 that's the that's the only question I want to know. Um, okay, uh, let's uh, let's go macro. Um, I think I asked you this question the last time I had you on. So so let's do um, all the hairstyles you sported while you yeah. played for the club. What was your favorite, and why is it the cornrows? One hundred percent the cornrows. <laughs> When that season was over, I was like, all right, I got to cut these off. Like, I, mm. I want to remember the only time in my life that I had cornrows like this was that year. And so every picture that I look at from here on out, I'll remember that was that was it. That was the year. And I measure everything against that. But was, it, was it a lot of tension up there? Like, did it hurt? I've never, I've <laughs> no, never no, had no. cornrows. No, yeah. it, was, it was actually nice. pretty comfortable. It took took a lot of attention i used to get them done every week so that was another <laughs> oh that's a that's I'm an investment but it was a fun thing man it was a fun thing to do to be able to change up like that nice and then i got another weird one which is you know now you know now that you're on on the path to, to on the outside looking in who 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 would you pick to to make the deepest run potentially win mls cup this year oh oh um i really like new york city I think their, their their attack is one of the best in the league when they start going. They're, they're super dangerous. They got some really versatile guys. Um, they haven't shown that they've been able to put it together in the postseason, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing them knock off New England. 
And they don't nice. have to play Toronto FC in the playoffs. Yeah, they don't have right? to play Toronto yeah, FC in the playoffs. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's exactly. the key right there. Yeah, Sean Johnson doesn't have to worry about being chipped <laughs> <laughs> into oblivion. Or that yeah. one time where Seba just clowned him. What was that? Uh, 2016. That was that was pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree with you, JMO. I, I mean, we disagree about the Onyx kit being the best kit in the history. Of yeah, but right. I do. I do. Still upset absolutely. about that. <laughs> well, of course I am. Of course I am. But uh, <laughs> but I do think NYCFC has a has a decent shout this year. So yeah. nice one. And and if I'll have you know that the the odds are plus twelve hundred on them to win MLS Cup. So. Oh yeah, just right, yeah. There you go, <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I wanted to ask. Speaking of memories, uh, looking back at your Toronto FC time, maybe not what was the best moment or what was the worst moment, but what was maybe the wildest moment in a Toronto FC shirt where you're just like, how did that happen? What <laughs> what is even going on right now? Um, man, there's there's so many. Um, I think. One of the first ones that comes to mind is the game in New York City where Seba scored a hat trick in the first half. We were down and he missed a penalty kick and we ended mm-hmm. up losing that game. That was that was um, 2015. That was a year of just mm-hmm. mad- <laughs> madness. <Yeah. laughs> that was a crazy game. Um, <laughs> losing to Montreal that year in the playoffs in Montreal that – that all happened like so quick. That was yeah. that was crazy. Um, sorry, my my messages no are crazy right now. Um, uh, I'm sure, it's been a busy weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2016 Eastern Conference Final, of course. Um, yep, being down to Montreal in the Big O and scoring two goals late in the game, feeling like we ended up winning the game, and then the craziness yep. that ensued in the second leg back here at BMO that was that was pretty nuts and then the other crazy one was the Galaxy game in 2018 those lots on karate kick mm-hmm. games that was yeah yeah um all high really high scoring games Sorry, terrific I'm no worries me. soup's on it's ruining the entire podcast <laughs> <laughs> podcast is over oh man what crap uh, uh no that's really funny question so i mean no i i got a good one and then i i want to because i'm a little upset at you justin because right, here we go you came here on you came on our podcast looked us in the eye and knew that potentially this season was going to be your last season yeah you didn't even tell us <laughs> so justin come on I, I know you're holding it back i know you're you're you, you said it told us on sunday that you, you you're not ready to make the announcement i'm just saying we have a perfect platform right now for you to tell us what you're doing. i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just playing i'm just playing. you want you but, want him to jinx the can champ like that mike but J-Mo, tell us at least at least tell us, because you've been on record saying that you have some unfinished business here with Toronto FC. Yeah. Are, are you going to be staying in Toronto? But if you want to keep that close to your chest, by all means, that's that's totally your call. Um, but I'll throw, it at the, throw the question out there. Are you at least going to be staying with Toronto? I'm going to be staying in Toronto. Yeah, my family, we love it here. I've said that a million times. My girls. We love having uh, you here. <laughs> thank you. They, they're both in school. Um, my wife, you know, we're completely settled here. We live in the high park area, so we're going to stay around. And yeah, my, my ambition is to help the club, to help the club. And all conversations have been great so far. I don't think everything is figured out exactly, but 
hopefully we can get on mm-hmm. the same page there. And and I want to help the team win from another side of the field. You want field. Jason Hernandez's job, basically. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no that, that's music that I think everyone's ears that that's listening. I think as, as yeah. people have said in the chat that, you know, they all share what, what we've extended i'm sure what you felt on sunday is that we're extremely grateful for everything you've done for a club and as as i'm sure you've seen on, on waking the red there's there's a lot of sentiment going around but i just want to echo that sentiment and i think that it's wild because we have really good athletes that come through this city through this club we have really good players that come through this club but i think it, it's fair saying that you're kind of one of a kind here justin where mm-hmm. you're really do the best of both and that to be able to do that I just want like how how draining has that been, to, especially towards the latter half of your career, especially as you took on the uh, the Black Players for Change project as yeah. well. Yeah, thank you. I mean, those are really kind words. It's definitely played into the decision making that I've made and the whole process and everything. But also, it's just it's just a time. I think, um, especially after the way things have gone this year and the point and the process that. We are in with this club i think it's time and like i said i think um we've had a lot of great guys here great soccer players um great teammates and some guys will be moving on and i'm just the first one to like really say an official goodbye and but there's so much good stuff here there's so much good stuff this club deserves this city deserves the best and i think we're going to get back to the top really soon man yeah i think that's amazing uh, Pretty perfect way to end it there, Justin. Thanks so much. I got for your time. I have oh. one more, Mitch. Ooh, oh, come right. on. And, and, and I just want to. I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they never let me segue people. Out. <laughs> have you have you picked up the phone? Have you spoken to Lorenzo Insigne, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> have you given him a call, exactly Justin? Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Let's, let's let this, let's Hopefully let you're next. You're next, yeah. game, Justin. <laughs> Yeah, please, please come back, Justin. You know, it doesn't have to be the end of your guests on on our show. You know, we'd love to get your take next year on what's going on with the club that we all love. And and so please come back because we love talking to you, man. Absolutely. Always be around for you guys. Always have time for Waking the Red. Awesome. You've, Amazing. you've heard Jeff's internet. We could probably use another co-host. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much. And just, just one final platform for you, Justin. Did you want to say a message to the fans and everyone who's listening here for you, for, you know, their support of your career? No, thank you. Thank you so much. The, the past eight years have meant everything to me and my family. We showed it all on Sunday. Obviously, we wish that it was on different terms, but we got one game left. So let's go out with a trophy. There you go. Let's do it, buddy. I'm fired up. Love it, love it. All right. All right, go answer your text messages, Justin. We'll talk to you (laughs) soon. (laughs) Cheers. Wow. That was awesome. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Just give me a second. I'm a bit verklempt, but uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, second all time in in Toronto FC appearances. And that's Mm -hmm. a guy who arrived in, in 2014 and at the time, you know, 2014 Toronto FC was not really the same club it, it, it's perceived as now, right? That That's the guy who really was, a, a I think someone mentioned in the chat, a trailblazer yep. in making Toronto FC what it is today. He hung around through through some of the dark times there and was a crucial piece in, in turning this, this Toronto FC team around. Obviously, we hear about, you know, the designated players, the, the TAM contracts that played a significant role for this club. Well, 
it's not very often you find someone like Justin Morrow, who is a non-designated player his entire career. I don't mm-hmm. think the club even used allocation money on him and really play that much of an impact for, for an MLS club. It's, it's really uh, remarkable what he's done and obviously yeah. off the field that goes tenfold. So uh, Justin, obviously thank you very much for your time. I think our, our listeners definitely enjoyed that. And yeah, they're doing and hopefully fantastic. as he yeah. said, yeah, he can go out on a high and, and get that trophy and against CF Montreal. Yeah. And like he no, said, music to all yeah. of our ears that this guy's sticking around. It sounds like this guy's going to be around the city at the very least. So um, yeah, exciting stuff there. Sorry, Jeff. I love that. No, I love that Mike asked him to, to spill the beans ahead of time when he said he wasn't going to spill the beans. And the other thing that I love is is when TFC players talk about 2015, there's like this look in their eyes. Just it must have been so weird to just, you know, like, oh, yeah, we signed this 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 Giovinco guy's pretty good. Huh? <laughs> like just standing yeah. around on the pitch, like watching him do things like just the, the sea change that it must have been like, you know, just mm-hmm. just just that the the almost instant instant uh, uh upgrade that that seba was in 2015 i mean if you if you want a segue that's the insignia segue right there but uh well, one thing yeah. yeah one thing i did want to mention actually it was yeah sorry jeff to ruin your segue but one of the interesting things that i think justin said after that game or after the the game this weekend his press conference was one of his favorite tfc memories was after 2015 after that loss to montreal where i think his fans you know, that felt like another, uh, just another Toronto FC Ball moment. Stone, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, oh, we finally get to the playoffs and get crushed by our nearest rival and it's not even close. Yeah. But he was saying that within the walls of the dressing room, they knew that they had something special. And that's actually a good memory for him because there was this all of a sudden belief that it's like something's changed here. Something's changed in this club's yeah. culture. You know, we're not... We're not the same club that, you know, teams circle as an easy date on their calendar anymore. You know, it starts with Javinko, but after that, we're starting to be a really difficult team to play against. And yep. again, that, that was an interesting tidbit that I thought he, he mentioned after, you know, uh, in terms of his Toronto FC memories. I think we yeah, as absolutely. fans felt that as well, because that was the first time that TFC got finally, you know, after putting together a great roster that at least on paper in 2014, you know, 2015, they got over that hump. They got in the playoffs and one more win, and obviously they're we're talking about that that season in in completely different lens. But uh, as you mentioned there, that that was really the start of of everything in terms of igniting the belief around the city. And after 2015, we all know what happened in 2016, where we took that next step. Mm-hmm. And after 2016, you know, it's it's poetic, really, just that the trial is in tribulation that they went through to to reach the the top of the mountain there and i think uh i think it couldn't have gone any better in terms of 2017 um 2019 was another fantastic year for this club as well 2020 even obviously finishing second in supporter shield so it's just it's success all around in terms of, of justin morrow and his uh his legacy here with toronto yeah i will now take jeff's segue which is uh, it's pretty clear we all know what the spark of that 2015 team was and that that ignited, you know, everything that would follow. And that was Sebastian Javinko. And Toronto FC are linked to a player that unquestionably would have a similar impact, if not a greater. I mean, when you look at Lorenzo Insigne's resume and the fact that he's 30 years old now, he had 19 goals in Serie A just a year ago. Mm-hmm. He started and won a Euro final, you know, just this summer. By comparison, Sebastian Javinko, 
you know, who, as we've said, arguably one of the most dominant players in league history, uh, actually unquestionably one of the most dominant, yeah, maybe yeah, the most yeah. dominant player in league unquestionably. history. He had a career high 15 Serie A goals and that was three seasons before he joined Toronto FC. So, you know, again, transfer market values, this guy at 52 million. This would be probably the biggest signing. Actually, I'm not going to throw probably, this would be the biggest signing in MLS history. It's, it's not even that, that close. Like this is a guy that can go play in any top European league and for almost any club in the world right now. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think Zlatan is 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 bigger just because of the the gravity of of the cult of personality that is Zlatan. Okay. Zlatan that, was, that David Beckham's the biggest. Zlatan didn't yeah. have legs yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Mike's got a Mike's got a point. Then David Beckham, but then you're you're adjusting for inflation and 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 how much things have changed. So so yeah, I mean, it, it it's semantics, but it's a huge signing. Now it's already been kiboshed, unfortunately, by by more than just Dwayne Wallens. Uh, one, you know, I think there's some credence to the fact that this could just be shenanigans by his agent to sort of get a better deal inside Europe. Um, because we can't ignore what time it is based on the World Cup cycle. And traditionally, the Italian national team is kind of shunned players that have come to MLS. Um, but in terms of the money, uh, the transfer fee is not prohibitive in terms of what I've read that Napoli would want as a, as a, tra- as a ballpark transfer fee. It wouldn't and be his- a transfer fee, though, right? He's had a contract. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be? Oh, so then that would be his salary. Okay. Be, yeah, yeah salary is perfectly reasonable too. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, like, we we have no idea if this is going to happen. If it's not going to happen, you know, silly season is upon us with uh, three rumors. Really, that's pretty pretty bizarre right now. But you never know. There's big things coming with this club. But as Mitch was kind of alluding to, like Insigne would be the best caliber player we've we've witnessed here not only in Toronto, but I think in Major League Soccer. He's 30 years old. Um, I'm excited to see kind of the prospect in terms of what exactly um, this this turns out to be. Um, if there is if there is something that like does transpire here, it's a it's a great piece of business by by Ali Curtis and, and Bill Manning. But that being said, like something else has, has to give. And I think that's kind of segues really into the next rumor that kind of popped up and that's that's the Efferson Soteldo and the rumors that he's being shopped um in Brazil. I'm not sure what you guys kind of made of those rumors. Have to see the transfer fee if if it happens. I mean look, I mean, I'll, I'll let Jeff get into this in a second because I know he's got notes probably. No, uh, no, I don't. I don't because I don't I don't I you know, until it's confirmed, I'm not going to do my mm-hmm. do my dance my interpretive dance performance but uh uh yeah i mean it the, the, the interesting thing is that santos and palmieres are like blood feud rivals and i do believe yeah. he has a santos tattoo on on his favorite calf so that would be kind of crappy um all of a sudden he's not wearing short shorts anymore <laughs> <laughs> he's gotta wear he's gotta wear thermal pants uh uh yeah i mean you know, do we do we take a loss on the player? Uh, you know, was the was the move instigated by the player or club? Is it entirely the rumor mill churning in the in, in the same kind of way that the Insignia rumor is, is churning? Who knows? I mean, silly season is called silly season for for a reason. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, heads have to roll. 
I I kind of felt like it was heading down this way um, when Jefferson joined TFC. Um, that just because TFC that he joined was not the TFC that was sold to him. Hmm. So I think there, there's two ways to this street. I, I've heard um, you know rumblings about Jefferson Soteldo's character, uh, rumblings about you know does he really fit in the locker room? Is there is there other issues with him? Um, which I mean, I'm, that's all speculation at this point because none of us really know unless we're, yep. we're inside the locker room and and you know we know what's going on in Jefferson Soteldo's personal life. I think on the field, I don't. I think there's he's been fine. Like he's, he's been good. He's, he's, we saw the stats, obviously that Anthony Corey put out, he mm-hmm. doubled the amount of goals and assists than anyone else on the roster. Um, he was by far the best designated player on this team this season. I think when he was playing, especially towards the latter half of the season, Toronto FC were a better club all around. I think that's pretty, pretty undeniable. I think without him mm-hmm. on the field, the team was, was not as good as they were. Um, so for me, like if, if we're just talking about strictly a designated player, he's the closest thing right now that we have to a full-time designated player. So, Hey, if, uh, if it comes down to it, maybe he wants to, you know, imagine coming to Toronto and having to play in front of 6,000 fans uh, a night as when uh, coming from, coming from Santos, who's literally lives and breathes soccer. Right. There's there's a couple different factors that go into it from Yeffy's side, but I'm sure the club as well. Like mm-hmm. I guess alluded to, is he a fit within the locker room? Is he is he the piece that this team really wants to build around? Um so there's there's a lot of different ways you can kind of roll with that. What I will say is I personally if that if it is the end of Jefferson's tell this tenure in Toronto after this season, I think that's that's incredibly disappointing because we didn't get to experience Jefferson Soteldo at his best. We didn't get to experience mm-hmm. Yeffy lining up with with legitimate players. Um, I think, you know, had, had he had an Io Akinola, a full season of Io, along with Paws, we could be talking about this a little bit differently. Could If he had a TFC had a legit number nine designated player, could have been talking about this a little bit differently. But hopefully, like I said, you know, both sides kind of find a way to, to figure this out. If not, as you guys discussed, I hope TFC at least get their money back because they did get them at a discount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to ask you a question, Jeff. I guess both of you. Sure. So, say Toronto FC make a, a bit of a profit on this transfer, then is it really a failed deal? Because we knew when Jefferson got brought in, we knew the season was at least going. We knew kind of the the idea of where the season was going. If they're able to make it's some true. money on this guy, and like, is is that really a massive failure in in the business? I know. No, yeah, it I, isn't. Yeah, it can't be. I mean, in the cold, in the cold light of logic, after mm-hmm. the fact, when all of when all these feelings are vapor, if we've made even a dollar's profit, then you know that spreadsheet it has a green check mark as, as opposed to a red X. Um, it, you know, if you're asking me about the intangibles, I'm going to defer to what Mike said, which is it's all speculation. So you know, mm-hmm. you know, we all know where I land on the side of speculation. Um, so. You know, if you asked me, I would say, no, it wasn't worth it because there's so many intangibles. Could the season have been salvaged if we had gone in a different direction or et cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. But in a, in a totally cold logic endpoint, absolute. If we make money on the player, then it's job done. I mean, whether it was at the end of one season or at the end of his, his initial deal with us and we ship him off, that's job done. I, I'm, I'm remiss to call it shrewd business because 
of the time, you know, the, 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 the realities of, of what transpired, but it's sure. still good business. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it could be better business. I think it could be to the point where, you know, TFC hold on to him for another year, two years. And I could see this guy doubling his transfer value come when he's turned 26, 27 years old, when he's really supposed to be entering his prime. Um, with that being said, like, like I, I let off the beginning, like if at the end of the day, he's not a fit in the locker room for, for whatever reason, then perhaps you do have to, to pull the plug and, and salvage what you can. Um, but that being said, if that is the case, then, you know, if that's where we have to start asking questions. Did TFC really do their homework on the signing? Mm -hmm. Did they really, you know, figure out what kind of person that this guy is before bringing him over to Toronto? Um, so I'd love to hear more about, you know, where this goes. I'd love to hear if it does go in a certain direction. I'd love to hear from Bill and Ali and, and really see them justify exactly why, uh, why it is heading in that direction. So obviously well, this is all I mean, speculation. Have, yeah. We're basing this off a report of ESPN Brazil. Um, so you never know with that, with yeah. that type of. I mean, when we had Bill on the show. Uh, he did give away some of the behind the scenes there, right? Like they didn't get to break bread with him. They didn't get to meet him for dinner. Most of his negotiations were done by studying his film uh, and, and zoom conversations. Right. So in roundabout way, we may have our answer about that, which is, you know, was their recruitment up to scratch and, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that can't be their fault because obviously you can't get on a plane when all the borders are closed in the middle of a global pandemic. But it brings us back to the question that I keep asking, which is why did we do it? And of course the answer is because he was there and we got him at a discount. So if we can turn profit that kind of papers over the cracks of, 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 a, of a flawed uh, uh, recruitment situation, you know, that that's TFC making a real estate deal basically that's us flipping a house as opposed to developing a player and 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 that's fine it's just a little cold-blooded and 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 i doubt that, that was the rationale behind getting him a year ago right the the the, the end result couldn't have been you know we'll we'll put him up in, a, in an airbnb for eight months and then and then you know uh, uh flip him for profit it's great if they do because that like yeah. i said that that that's a band-aid over some some poor recruitment of the player etc cetera, etc cetera. but it it's not shrewd business it's good business and and there's a lot of let's let's that. ask a tougher question now mm -hmm. so I, I agree that you know um i think we all agree at least that yeah he was was our best designated player this season so what about the other designated players and namely i'm, I'm wondering what about alejandro pozuelo do we think that this season was kind of just a blip and you know, he finishes the regular season at least with one goal, four assists in 19 appearances, which obviously is not good enough if, if you're you're a designated player. Do you think this was just a blip in terms of injuries and, and you know, he had a really dis disrupted season? Or is Alejandro Pozuelo's best years behind us because he's entering a contract here next season and TSC are going to have to make a, a really tough decision there. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, we've we've talked at length about that Josie Altidore contract and how much, you know, as much as at the time it seemed like a great idea, how much it's kind of, you know, regrettable now, just because like a, the injuries, which we know Pozuelo suffered a, a lot of this season and B, yeah, just the fact that, you know, he got old and they didn't transition. So they have to be very careful, certainly with this next contract, because mm -hmm. um yeah, we don't know exactly what Puzzwell is going to look like. I would I would defer towards the fact that this was a blip 
certainly. I think, again, like you mentioned, up and down season, almost no one performed super well for Toronto FC this year. Um, he is, uh, there was no consistency in the lineup he was playing with. You know, but we've, we've mentioned it with Jefferson Soteldo, but he didn't really have a striker he could work off of in the same way. Like, there's so many factors that yeah, I think no, I know, yeah. a blip season. But with that being said, um, you know, how many more years are you going to get of the Alejandro Pozuelo you had in 2020, 2019? Like, you have to weigh that in as well. So it, that's that for me, I think, is the most interesting designated player decision that they're going to have to make this offseason. And it's, I, I, I don't think we haven't been talking about it all year, but I think going into this offseason, it's definitely going to become a topic. And that's the thing, Mitch, is all all three designated players right now, there's there's a question mark around all Absolutely. of their status, which why this offseason is going to be so interesting because there's so many different ways this club can go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Omar Gonzalez, I, I, I don't see him coming back. Um, his, his contract is going to be up at the end of the season. TFC do have an option on it, but the, there's no way that I can realistically see them exercising that option, especially when that, he's not in over... Yeah over a million dollars on the cap. So that, that's one that's going to be off the books as well. Um, and I still can't believe that Patrick Mullins and Dom Dwyer finished the season without a goal to either of their name. And we talk about, you know, the production of Soteldo. We talk about the production of Pozuelo. It's pretty tough when, when your number nines aren't recording recording stats and putting up numbers and putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, but right. that being said, I actually I actually love Dom Dwyer's contract. He's literally coming in at the league minimum. Um, and he's signed next season as well at that number. And personally, like I, I think there is something there to salvage. I think he has kind of bought into what Toronto FC is. And character-wise, I think, I think he actually... Based on what we we've said, like he, you know, we've heard in the past about him. Like I've I've seen completely opposite. He's a he's seems like he's pretty much a class act there. Um, so I'm excited about that prospect of Dom coming coming back because I, as as a third four striker, I I don't think that's a bad deal at all, especially coming in a league minimum. Find me another striker at league minimum that's going to replace, you know, kind of what his quality is at least. Patrick Mullins is a completely different story. I'm sorry, Jeff. He's a no, it's fine. I'm over it. Person, he's a fantastic person. <laughs> like you cannot, I cannot stress that enough. How good of a person Patrick Mullins is. Um, but that being said, when you're making as much money as he's making and you're producing zero goals, um, as I was saying, you know, there's a lot of guys going through family problems. Yeah, you know that that's absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, if if you're putting up zero goals, then that's uh. I don't think that justifies that. So, I mean, let's circle well, back to pause because he's obviously going through a family problem, and uh, you know he makes more money than Patrick Mullins. Uh, do you know? I, I, ostensibly, his family's in Spain. Uh, does he want to be here away from his family for another season? Like, is it even our choice? Uh, that's another that's another potential yeah. yeah caveat that you have to consider if, if you're pause and if you're Toronto FC and hey. I know there, there's a saying that winning heals all. Well, you know, they didn't really win this season. So now, as, as we kind of alluded to off the bat, that we're going to have to ask so many questions, so many tough yep. questions. Management's going to have to ask so many tough questions about this team, this roster, mm-hmm. and kind of where they go next. And obviously, it's, it sounds like they've already started that process. Um, and The internet has. I guess this, <laughs> yeah, internet and I guess this... Been. 
mm-hmm. this segues kind of into the next big item on that three list agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Mitch, if you want to take us there. Absolutely. Let's keep the, the rumor train rolling here. Um, well-known <laughs> Spanish publication as reporting that LAFC manager and, of course, father of Michael Bradley, Bob Bradley, set to join Toronto FC after four years with LAFC. Uh, TFC, of course, as they always do, coming out and saying that the report is premature and inaccurate, which is not a denial, by the way. That's not an outright denial. If you hey, what, are, are, Does Beezer work for TFC directly now? It was Beezer that came out and said it. I don't think it was TFC that kiboshed it. No, they talked to they talked to a, a TSN rather talked to a TFC rep, and that's what they were told. Oh, okay, I missed. Premature. It. Sorry, say that one more time. Premature. Yeah, premature and inaccurate. So, again, the report was that this is a done deal. So the fact they're using the word premature means that maybe maybe there might actually be something happening here. But anyway, um, Bradley, long decorated resume, USMNT, Egyptian national team, Swansea, uh, three time MLS coach of the year. Um, we were talking about earlier a little bit about guys like Justin Morrow and those guys who like have been in the league for so long and can help turn around a franchise. Like Bradley's like the coach, one of the coach examples of that. You know, you know, you want to talk about what Bruce Arena's done for the New England Revolution. Like it's we talk so much about the Thierry Henrys and all these flashy coaches coming in, but guys like Bob Bradley have consistently gotten you know things done in this league. So. I think it goes without saying this. If Toronto FC is is looking down this avenue, it's one definitely worth exploring. It makes so much sense on so many different areas in so many different ways um, that I'm I'm not shocked at all that we did see that rumor surface. It's something that's been talked about really for weeks, for if years. not months. Yeah. Um, not years, <laughs> especially when when news broke that that Bob Bradley's contract was up at the end of the season and they really had nothing going there at, at LAFC. LAFC obviously missing the playoffs, I think, for the first time in their four, his four-year stint there, maybe the second time. Um, and it's it's probably their, their lowest season so far as a franchise yes. since uh, yeah. since joining Major League Soccer. So, you know, if, if they feel like Bob Bradley may not be the, the next guy to, to kind of take them forward... Listen, Bob Bradley's a three-time MLS coach of the year. Um, this guy is really as proven as it gets in MLS, and obviously you have that connection there with uh, with his son, Michael Bradley. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's so poetic in so many different ways as Michael Bradley enters a contract here this year, um, and he's getting up there in age as well. It seems as though you know this this does make sense. Michael Bradley beyond loves it in Toronto. So why wouldn't his, his his father kind of love it in Toronto as well, right? So, hey, there's a lot of lot of boxes that still need to be checked off. Um, this this deal, by the sounds of it, is not over the the finish line. But if it is, and if it does get done, how I don't think there's any more really you can ask in, in when you want a coach, unless you bring in Greg Vanny back to Toronto. You got the guy who has MLS experience. You got a guy who has European experience. You got a guy who's literally won everything that you could win in this league. I'm not sure what else what else you could be looking for there, unless you're you're hoping for Jose Mourinho to come to TFC. I mean, I always am, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I, listen, it's a great narrative, but we're kind of glossing over the fact that he's coming off a pretty dismal season. Uh, and with a lot of different factors. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. With a lot, with a lot of different factors, but you lost Diego Rossi halfway through the year too. Yeah. He he got sold for the, for the whole damn year. But, but Mm -hmm. you know, 
would he be interested in a lateral move? I mean, in a roundabout way, I'm getting to, is he coming as gaffer or is he coming as gaffer general manager? Or is he coming? Uh, he's as definitely not coming as, as. I mean, Ali Curtis just signed a long-term extension, and we've been over this Ali Curtis debate. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, I think he at least deserves at least one more season to kind of make his mark on this club. Um, hey, listen, Ali isn't perfect. He hasn't been perfect, but he hasn't been bad by any means, aside from from this season and even some of the moves that he made, like Kamar Lawrence, Dom Dwyer. Like those, those are good moves. I think Jefferson Soteldo is an absolutely brilliant move, in my opinion. Um, but obviously, results—it's a results-oriented business, as so many people have said. As as Ali said himself, and the results weren't there this year. So obviously, those questions are going to be asked: Was he ready for this sort of for a year? And I, I don't think anybody really was. So I think 2021, 2022, I guess, is going to be his his big test. And I think he's going to be starting to sit in the hot seat if if things don't get turned around, or at least the direction sure. of the club at least doesn't get turned around really quickly. But it's a it's a massive project, and it's one that I don't think is going to be fixed in in a single transfer window. No, no, I think everyone is saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah, I I, th- I don't think we give him enough credit for for what he tried to do, and that was really bring back Toronto FC and keep the team together, a Toronto FC team that was the most the second most successful team in all of MLS over the past five years. And to be able to do that, that takes some skill. That takes some talent to be able to re-sign players to the contracts that he did. Um absolutely you know he had a lot of good business in there, especially when you think of like Richie Larea getting his yeah. deal done oh, yeah. a couple of times, getting um Mark Delgado's deal done a couple of times, you know, getting Chris Mavinga done. There's yep. there's a lot of really good RO, absolutely great contract. Right. There's a lot of good things that we kind of gloss over because it's not the, the, the prettiest thing. That's, but that, that being said, it, it comes down to your designated mean, players, and that's the big question, right? Yeah, measure measure what Ali did in 2020 versus what Bez did in 2018 off the back of uh, MLS Cup final appearances, win or lose, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Bez was giving out plum multi-year contracts to everybody that drove by the training ground and had a cup of coffee, <laughs> where where Curtis, you know, Ali was a bit more judicious in 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 opening the coffers. So so yeah, no, there there's an advantage there. My my issue with Bradley, and this is the funny thing, because I'm having trouble getting my head around the fact that all new coaches have were fired unless you're bringing in somebody that's just off the street they all got fired or or left the job right so they're all coming in off you know generally bad vibes and and so it it, it always it all you know it always gives me a little bit of pause because in this case you know if if the rumors are true with bob bradley he's coming in trying to undo a bad season in la and into an envi- into an environment that's trying to undo their own bad season so will there be synergy or will heads start to butt and that's always my my concern, um, especially when when you have someone with the personality of Bob Bradley coming in um, to have essentially a gaffer's responsibilities, you know, because well, I think I, I think with I the personalities that TFC have in that dressing room, you need someone like a Bob Bradley where everyone's going to be looking up to. And the question, you know, that question that you pose there is going to be asked for literally every manager that comes in. Um, especially when, when we hear about what, what Greg Vanny and the influence that he had on, on sort of the roster decisions and, and all of that. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Mitch. 
No, yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think to that point, like, obviously, Bob Bradley wouldn't be coming in as, as general manager, but I do think he would have a Greg Vanny-like influence on players brought in. Like, I don't think you bring this guy in and then just say, um, you know, these are the players you have, these are the players we're bringing in. Like, you definitely consult this guy, and he definitely gets a, a seat at that table that maybe, of course. you know, the obviously maybe Chris and and also Javi haven't had in the same way. So I think that 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 is unquestionably something that, that will come with Bob Bradley, even if, you know, he's obviously not going to come in as, as technical director in, in his own right with what we all know on Ali Curtis. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I want to, if we're moving on here, I'm not sure if you guys have anything yeah. else to add, but one thing I want to kind of circle back to is something interesting Justin said and how he said that he was the first to say, to be officially say goodbye to this club. Yeah, and I, I think there, there's going to be more that are going to. Mm-hmm. Without reading too far into that, there's there's a couple names that kind of come to mind when, when he says that. One, Richie Larea, um, because there's we know all I know, he's told me that he wants to go play in Europe. That that's 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 his goal. Um, but he'd be happy to stay in Toronto if, if that deal didn't transpire. With what he's shown on the national team stage, which what he's shown for TFC this year. I'd be shocked if, if that deal doesn't transpire. Um, if not this offseason, then in the summer. Two, another player that comes to mind, Jonathan Osorio. Hmm. Um, Jonathan Osorio, for me, is obviously someone who's given everything to this club, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has greater ambitions. He's, what, 28 years old, I believe? 29, maybe? Um, he's still very much in... in some of the best years of his career. And you know this is a guy who obviously loves Toronto FC, but if if a European team is finally calling his his name after everything that he's done, is that potentially something that he wants for himself as well? I could see that happening with based on everything that he's proven here, not only with Toronto, but also with uh with the men's national team. And if his contract's coming up at which it is pretty reasonably soon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe that that's another one that we kind of kind of take a look at. I think oh he was maybe Omar Gonzalez is someone else um, who spent a couple of years here. But I'm wondering who else is, is kind of in that boat. Is is Aro in that boat? Does is, is it time for him to really cash in? Um, you know, just just going through down the roster here and trying to wonder who else is is kind of in that boat. Josie Paws, obviously. Um, there's question marks about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very very interesting times right now at Toronto FC because I think we're gonna see quite a few names uh, move on. Yeah, Ivan saying Nick DeLeon, but yeah, we already knew that. Yeah. I think Nick DeLeon yeah, kind of told us already conclusion. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you who's who's little... influencer Gallardo? I mean, sounds like a player. I haven't heard of that name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We should sign him. He's an influencer. <laughs> That's great. He'll work in the locker room. Uh, yeah, I mean, my takeaway is that we really owe that roster breakdown episode where we're just going to do this for two hours. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't. I think there's a question mark over over everybody on the roster, and and literally, you know, I I really I really do really the the silly season started quite early. I mean, it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even a few days uh, before before the rumor mill started churning, and uh, you know, my 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 fears that this isn't going to go in the proper order of things are, are getting, are getting a lot greater. 
right? Because obviously if you could, if you had a perfect way of doing this, you find a gaffer, if you're replacing the gaffer before you start, you know, the uh, moth, uh, you know, changing the roster too profoundly. But I have a feeling that this is all going to sort of happen in, a, in and around the same time. And it's going to be a bit chaotic, which, mm-hmm. you know, gives me, gives me a certain level of anxiety, but uh, you know, it, this is going to be a very interesting off season. And, and I don't think yeah. anybody's safe. I think we're going to get a lot of shocking news. It's going to be fun for us guys because it's going to make for <laughs> yeah. some great content. But I, I think I think everybody needs to you know buckle up because this is going to be one hell of an off season and uh, it's already started. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. let me yeah. uh, let me ask quickly. So we talk about obviously Bob Bradley, um, the potential of him coming in, and I think a lot of people in the media are talking like this is a foregone conclusion. Is it is it a foregone conclusion that Javier Perez is is not back with Toronto FC as as the manager next year? I don't think so necessarily, um, but I think it a lot rides on uh, the next game. Like if if he can yeah. win the Canadian Championship at the end of the season, then then I think that improves really bodes well. Yeah. Bringing him back versus if he loses that game, I don't know if that he's done enough here to. I hate uh, that. I hate that line of thinking. I know, oh, but, it, but it is. Yeah, I understand I, I it. Too. Yeah, but it's but how, but it's how that, this. It's how this works. It's how the this, fact it we're is. judging it's him on, on one game as opposed to, you know, a, a result. The fact that we're judging him on a result as opposed to everything else that goes into becoming a coach. I know. I. I I I, it's, I, it's I get not it. Just the result, though. It. It's what it's what the result does for the club, right? Then you get to exactly. start the next season with Champions League. Um, we mentioned it; like it's a huge prestige thing for Toronto FC to be to have that where they can point to that and be like, "We're the top club in Canada." Like I I think this is uh, obviously yes. Uh, in a, in a logical standpoint, you don't want to base it on one result, but that's how of course not works. This yeah, is a this is a club that's won won the Canadian Championship a record seven times. Mm-hmm. Is that not the bare minimum expectation that we have for Toronto FC at this point? Is that yeah. they should at least be winning the Canadian Championship? For me, that oh, doesn't. Yeah, of course, and that doesn't win that, someone a job. But I don't think. But it could lose him a job. Lose him. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. If if you can't even reach that bare minimum, then. Oh, I think yeah. With, without back. question, without question, yeah. if he doesn't, yeah. if he does not bring home the Canadian Championship, then. It's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. But that being said, I think it's already a, a, a foregone conclusion. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't mean that any disrespectful way to have here because I think no, he actually not. is. He's, a, he's an amazing, like, great person. I think he's actually a very, very smart coach. Um, he's Me obviously too. knows the game incredibly well. Um, but, and he's honestly been dealt a shorthand with, oh, with, every, with, yeah. with what he has to deal with here. But with has that being though, said, because- like, because it opens doors for him, not, not at TFC, but certainly, you know, going into interviews, having been an interim head coach at he has that MLS yeah, club, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think, I'm, I'm remiss to, I'm remiss to, yeah, go ahead. In, Tr- in Toronto FC, like from a Toronto FC standpoint, he got Delta uh, shorthand. I think people will. Yeah, but turn that frown upside down, down yeah. you know, like, you know. This, this team looks miles better than it did under Chris yeah. Armis. Yeah. Like oh, so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I would love to see Javier Perez. I think someone asked in the chat. I would love to see Javier Perez back at Toronto FC, even if it isn't in a head coaching capacity. Um, mm. But I think with the ambitions that this club has, I think they need someone um, with a little bit more pedigree in that locker room. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just my my personal opinion. All yeah. right, let's hit on one last topic here before we before we close. Uh, Canada, huge match on Friday against Costa Rica in Edmonton. Um, and they uh, they dropped their roster this week, but before they dropped their roster, they had a bit of a surprise for everyone, a bit of a, um, yeah, a bit of a, a recruitment, you know, success story done themselves. And that's another one year old striker, Ike. E.K. Ugbo um, into into camp. This is a guy who spent plenty of time at Chelsea, mostly out on loan. But as we all know, Chelsea that's the Chelsea experience. Yeah, yeah. They end up being pretty good. I mean, we can talk about Mo Salah, <laughs> Lukaku, some De Bruyne. Yeah. Obviously, we don't want to put that kind of credit on this guy. But um, yeah, this is a this is another exciting signing and a player who I actually think fits in so nicely because it's funny literally last week on the show we're talking to Alex Gongay-Ruzek and he's he's telling us about how the fact that Canada doesn't have you know that great of depth at number nine where we're looking at <laughs> JD and then here we go not a direct yeah. number nine even Kyle Laren's like not your super number nine and with Io out and the season Cav is having yeah they bring in a 23 year old who's playing Europa League level football for one of the top clubs in Belgium it's yeah it's I mean it's it's super exciting it is well, first exciting. off, credit credit to John Herdman. And second off, I think this really is a shout towards people wanting to play for this country now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of appeal playing for an up-and-coming side for Canada. I think they're one of the funnest countries around the world coming up that uh, to, to be a part of because this is something that's never been done before in our nation. And yep. you have a young core of players. Sorry, Atiba. But you have a young core of players that are coming through and are doing this all together. And yeah. if you watch what Alfonso Davies has done, and I think such a, I, I, I tweeted this out, but he does not get enough credit for, like if I could have molded the perfect role model and, and ambassador for the game in this it's country, crazy. I would not have been able to mold Alfonso Davies because he does some stuff and he embraces this country like no one I have ever seen before. And he, he's a perfect way to connect not only to the future generation, but like the next generation coming up, but also for, for the current generations that are watching yep. the game because, and he's doing it worldwide. You know, he, he goes mm-hmm. back to Byron and people are joking about the Canadian men's national team. I love it. I and love he's it. telling I them how it. he wants to, he wants to put them on the map and he wants to, yep. he wants to face you guys in, in future world cups. Like this guy's embracing it like one of his own. And I think that that's rubbing off really on the rest of the globe. And I think he's a huge factor for Canada's ability to recruit players. Uh, obviously, John Herman is, is the one putting in work and all of their team, they're behind the scenes. He's putting in the work. So, hey, credit to Canada for another victory and in, in securing this guy. John Herman is so charismatic, it's quite unbelievable. It really, really is. Him him and his staff, so charismatic. I mean, he could, he could sell... He could, you know, he could sell beachfront property in Idaho if he wanted to, right? Like, the man is just... Very, very charismatic, and and he's got results to go along with the charisma, and I think that that's really important because it's this inertia that's starting to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I I hate some of what I read about how you know the the Chelsea brain trust kind of kind of uh, barricaded uh, uh, any any inroads or attempts to contact the player, um, you know, but it's not surprising. That, that 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 attitude is pervasive in, in in English football and that you know they don't want their any other players to to play abroad um but yeah it's a coup it's another coup for John Herdman uh in in what's been a lot of coups 
Um, can he concentrate on defenders now? Can he go out and call some center backs out in the in the wider pool? Uh, yeah, I, that that's my only complaint. We're starting to feel a bit like Forge, where it's just every forward ever is on our squad and and very very thin at the back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fabulous. It's just fabulous. Mm, yeah, and with with that being said, like, how many goals has Canada conceded so far this this hey. around? What like three maybe? So I mean, to to be fair to them, they've they've done a pretty solid job defensively. So um, at, at minimum, you know they'll they'll get tested more as we go along. But this has been a a good start, and yeah, I'm so excited to, to that recruitment yeah. point. Like we obviously know Stephen Ustakio, you know he probably wasn't going to play for Portugal anytime soon. Um, mm-hmm. Some of those other guys, you know, they didn't necessarily have the the other national team. This guy was a guy who was heavily wanted by the Nigerian national team. And obviously he'd mm-hmm. be a little further down their depth chart than he would be on Canada's depth chart. Cause Nigeria has got some pretty good players, some of whom suit up for my Foxes, but um, nonetheless, like that, that in itself makes this even more su- surprising. I think that like Nigeria is, you know, globally one of the, the, maybe not like a super power, but they're at least like well-respected within the global game. Oh, yeah. What they've been able to do at, World Cups and African Cup of Nations, like well, there's not only not only that, Mitch. I think this is kind of a building narrative. Obviously, we talk about Theo Corbinu and yeah. you know Romania, and obviously the big one here is is Iowa Canola, and yeah, that's fair. The, the battle they're gonna they they won against not only Nigeria but also the, the U.S. Of course, mm-hmm. um, so again, people want to play for this country. People are noticing what Canada is doing, and not only are players noticing, obviously Canada's taking notice too because we see the coverage around this game. Like we were on that, I was on that Alfonso Davies uh, Zoom call not too long ago. I think maybe a week, two ago, and there were fifty-something reporters tuned into that press conference, which is something that I've never seen in a in a Canada soccer press conference. I've never seen that before. So like, it's really this story is starting. I was at men's my men's soccer league last night and. You know the guys that I play with, they they all love the Premier League and stuff, but they have there was guys that were talking about the Canadian men's national team mm-hmm. because that's that's now picking up that much traction and this is yeah. now a, a story that's really going to be put on, I believe, if not, it's going to be put, it's going to be front page news very yeah. soon in yep. this country. Yeah, and I think. Thing- that, yeah, go ahead. Well, same thing. I'm getting texts from my hockey buddies asking me about Ek Ugbo spelling it correctly, like knowing <laughs> a little bit about him and like being nice, like wondering what this guy's deal is and what he'll bring to the national team. And like that level of knowledge is like stunned me to be honest, because it's like these people not only care, they kind of understand the general context. Like, yeah, are we a hipster a team? Game. Are we the hipster team now, guys? Is Canada becoming <laughs> the hipster I mean, team? Extra time radio, I think, sums it sums it up perfectly when they call Canada Vibes FC, and I think like that's literally. I think about it, man. Bottom. It puts a smile on my face because I can't even <laughs> I can't even put into words how cool it is to actually follow this team and, and be a part of this this honestly never seen before movement um, in this country. We're really breaking ground, breaking bread um, with this with this team yep. and it's a beautiful thing to be a part of and enjoy the ride guys. We got Costa Rica on Friday night. No, Canada win. 
Mexico Tuesday. Hey, we'll, to, we'll get that for next show, Mitch. Yeah. We got a nice little pregame yeah, yeah. show for t- next Tuesday, but but Friday mm-hmm. night they they figure out a way to to get past Costa Rica in the freezing cold of, of Commonwealth Stadium. And got my sweater on already. We're we're in some yeah. serious business. We're we're talking. We're talking about you know potentially being in that World Cup in in some in a serious way. And I know I still believe that that's going to be the case, but a win on on Friday night secures really that that belief, if not you know obviously yeah. with us, but I think really nationwide. So um, important one on Friday night. I think it's a game they have to pick up three points. So on that note, boys, score predictions. Can we can we hear it, Jeff? What, what do you think? Same as gold. Mitch, two two nil Canada. Yeah. Okay. Two nil Canada. I love it. Synergy, baby. Four nil Canada. Ooh, wow. Four nil <laughs> Canada. Wow. We're coming wow. In, yeah, we're coming yep, in hot yep. for this one. But why All not? right, I because, mean, because yeah. Mitch, two, uh, also two, one Canada. Okay, fair Just enough. to make it different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Two, one. I've written it down. It's on the wall, guys, so I can't. Love it. Hell, I can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, let's let's wrap the show up there. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite editions of the show we've ever done. We got to talk to Justin Morrow for a good chunk of time there. We got to talk national team at the end. We got to talk about Mitch. The rumors, we're so Ontario. We didn't we didn't even talk the Whitecaps making the playoffs. How very oh, yeah, the Whitecaps made the playoffs. Quick shout out, quick shout out. No, but honestly, that game was yeah, so exciting. Whitecaps again. <laughs> Yeah, because that no one cares really in exciting. Ontario about the Whitecaps. Yeah, the Matt cares, Damon yeah. of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, Vancouver has a team? What's Vancouver? Yeah. Uh, Pacific. It's the team they played last. Uh... <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, gotcha. You guys are terrible. You yeah. guys are terrible. <laughs> huge, huge thank mm. you to Justin Morrow for, for coming on the show. And that was obviously incredible to chat with him. Uh, thanks again to all of you for supporting us and making conversations like that possible. On behalf of Jeffrey P. Nesker, Michael Singh, I'm Mitchell Tierney. Till next Tuesday. Cheers. Great stuff, Jeff.